heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It's Monday morning, the 17th of April. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across rural Queensland today through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa and 4LG Longridge. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning on this very, very busy Monday morning. If you've missed any of our previous shows, you can always get in contact with us um, and go to Spotify at Rural Queensland Today. It's all there for everybody to listen to. So much to like this morning. Lachlan Miller, we're going to talk with a employment expert uh, as a lot's going on. We're going to give you an update from the weekend and Mick Keogh will join us from the ACCC as well. So much to get through on this busy, busy Monday morning. I hope you're well wherever you are in Queensland. Looking forward to catching up with you today. Let's get into it. Uh, Lachlan Miller joins us next. This is Rural Queensland Today. On a Monday morning, this is Rural Queensland Today. Lachlan Miller, the member for Gregory, joining us this morning. And uh, a letter dated the 16th of March. Um, You've sent this to the government. Lachlan, good morning. How are you, mate? Mate, going well. Good morning, listeners. Um, You've had enough. Um, the, The government have absolutely, in so many ways, um, caused dramas with this housing. I'm going to get the youth justice shortly, but the housing situation is diabolical in rural and regional Queensland. Um, you have asked for change. You have sent this and asked the Premier, could she please look at it? It, it doesn't seem to want to change, Lachlan. Every single region at the moment is having a housing shortage. There is a rental crisis. The banks aren't user-friendly when it comes to talking and dealing with people throughout rural and regional Queensland. And here we are in a situation where, as you, the member for Gregory, trying to look after not only your own electorate but get some answers and you're getting absolute donuts. Mate, you did right. Look, even uh, last uh, week I was in Barcald catching up with someone who's moved out there for a pretty good job uh, looking after aged care and difficulty in finding housing uh, to get these uh, skilled people to come and live in regional and rural Queensland. Um, the housing crisis is not only happening in southeast Queensland, we hear that on the media all the time, uh, but it's happening in rural and regional areas. Uh, we've got people that, uh, there are jobs out there, and as you know, uh, we've got plenty of jobs in rural and regional areas, but we can't get these people out here because we can't provide them the housing, the proper housing that they need to support their family, their kids, and to take up a job out there. Now, <clears throat> this has been going on for quite a few years, and nothing's been done about it. And the other problem we've got is the cost of housing. To build new housing out there is just astronomical. You're talking, you know, uh, up to eight hundred thousand to a million dollars in some places just to get a normal, decent house in rural and remote areas. We need to find a solution. Yeah, and that's the big thing, isn't it? The, the solution of trying to get people. How how do we do it? What if, you know? And we've spoken with David Crystal fully here. Uh, I don't understand. There's a lot of people. We need to make our region stronger, and that. And when you make more growth and more people move there, there's more development. You can understand that, but it's got to be affordable and achievable. And I just don't think the government want to do that. I honestly don't think that they want to do that. Well, what they like to do is do four point plans, five point plans, nice shiny brochures, but actually not sit around the table with obviously the builders, uh, local government, making sure that local government 
and land is available to build houses on. We've got to look at reducing those uh, um, headworks costs. Uh, that even before you put a house, uh, dig a hole in the ground, and put a stump in stump in the ground, you're up for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, it's just becoming unaffordable. It's getting the builders. It's getting obviously local government and the state government together around the table and try and sort out this housing crisis we have. We just can't keep putting our heads in the sand and thinking it'll go away or, you know, eventually the housing prices will go down. No, they won't. Not in rural and regional areas. It actually costs a lot of money to build a house now, but we need to provide those sort of accommodation uh, opportunities for people to be able to drag them out of southeast Queensland and back into regional and rural areas for work, but provide them with a proper house. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it really is so important now to try and get this um, sorted out. Another thing to try and get sorted out, Lachlan, is the youth justice um, laws. Uh, Labor's latest changes to the laws, strengthening community safety bill. Mate, seriously. I mean, there's outrage now. It is beyond a joke. I, I bang on about this all the time, but it's embarrassing what's going on. Yeah, well, you would have read over the weekend, mate, that uh, the uh, that bill was done on the on the run. I mean, it wasn't done properly. Uh, you know, basically, you had uh, ministerial advisors, according to the reports, running around like headless chooks trying to make changes to it. Uh, you know, before it was announced. Um, look, <clears throat> the, the youth justice crisis. Absolutely huge problem, not only on the coastal areas. I mean, we hear about Cairns, we hear about Townsville, you know, and, uh, you know, people too afraid to go out at night, blocking everything up uh, like like a, you know, barricading, barricading everything or, or trying to keep everything, uh, you know, uh, safe. But uh, it's happening in rural and remote areas as well. Um, good example, you know, in my area, and the of Gregory, is that there seems to be a bit of a run from on the Capricorn Highway. They come and they harass, you know, the Dingo Roadhouse, you know, down Bowman. He's got the Dingo Roadhouse there and also the also the pub. Uh, you know, things are being stolen, broken into, and then they move on to Blackwater, Emerald, into the Central Highlands. So it's happening everywhere, and uh, it's not going away, and it's dangerous now. I mean, it is incredibly dangerous. People are losing their lives because of this. Uh, you know, we need to step up. That's the big thing. Um, stepping up is the, the, the big thing about making a change. Um, we, we, we're seeing 14-year-olds facing jail. We've seen them making, you know, le- legislation on the fly and the only people that are being affected by this um, are the people of Queensland. David Christopher has made it very clear. The LNP is united and, they, and the Queenslanders need change. You're on the ground every day, Lachlan. You understand it. And look, and be honest with you, the seat of Gregory is a very, very vast and big seat. So you get to get a, a real snapshot of what people are facing. And everywhere you go, it's the same thing. It's the waste, the money that's being wasted. It's the it's the health system. You've got places in your electorate where doctors, Tambo and Blackhall, where they, in, they're having to take matters into their own hands to try and get something happening. You've got housing crisis. You've got crime. The roads are shot. I, I mean, I don't want to be negative, Nelly, on a Monday, but it, it is just beyond a joke. We, we have got to the point where we have to have a change of government. And otherwise, like, I, I don't want to even begin to think what we look like in 10 years unless we get change. 
Well, mate, you're dead right. And look, uh, the problem with this government at the moment, it's, it's all about the Olympics and about southeast Queensland. Uh, how about we focus on the rest of Queensland? Um, unfortunately, if we don't have Olympics or an Olympic event in our area or you know something that southeast Queensland wants, uh, it's, we seem to be forgotten. Now, you talked about you know doctor shortage. Yes, it's a huge problem. I mean, getting to see a doctor in rural and remote areas is near impossible. You've got waiting times, even in places like Emerald. You know, a town of 15,000, you've got weeks in waiting times trying to get to see a doctor. Now, that doesn't happen in the first world country. It probably even doesn't happen in the third world country, to be honest. Uh, you know, we really got a, a bad situation where, you know, uh, we've got to start looking at preventative diseases. And how do you look at preventative diseases if you can't get to see a doctor? You go three, five weeks without seeing a doctor, um, you know, you could face some serious problems. So, uh, mate, this is happening, you know, not only, you know, on the coast, but it's happening in rural and remote areas. And, you know, Blackall, Tambo are a perfect example where we're, you know, trying everything we possibly can to try and find, you know, a doctor to come and stay and live in that town because they're, you know, beautiful towns, mate. And I was there on the weekend at the Blackall races. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's got all the amenities you need as a, as a family. Uh, it's got, you know, it's got a school, it's got, uh, you know, fantastic people, but, Trying to get a doctor to come out there seems to be impossible. We've got to find solutions, and I, and I applaud the, you know, the Blackall Tambo Council and Mayor Martin for what they're trying to do. And you know, we've got to get behind them and see if we can help and find them a doctor for that town. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. Um, I, I really like the fact that we are talking about it now. That's the big thing. That that that's the biggest thing to me. I, I just think that you know, the fact is that. We really, and and I know this sounds silly, we really need to be consistent with it. Yes, mate, we do. And we need to, not only Blackwall Tambo, but the rest of rural and regional Queensland. I mean, another issue we face at the moment is obviously with the flood damages. In northwest Queensland, the town of Urundanji, uh, it's been flooded. Uh, and, of course, the school's gone under and, you know, the pub has had, you know, enormous problems and the, and the ball has fallen apart. Um you know, what are we going to do with Urundanji? What are we going to do with that, that town? I mean, the government have got to be on the front foot and looking to try and, you know, keep rural and remote areas going. And uh, at the moment, uh, you know, it's not southeast Queensland. doesn't have the Olympics around it. Well, mate, we seem to be missing out or we're not paid enough attention, uh, which, which we deserve. Yeah, and that's very well said. Great to chat. We'll catch up again shortly. Enjoy your Monday, mate. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, Dobbo. Thanks, listeners. Good on you. Uh, Lachlan Miller, we'll take a break. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today in the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's get an update. 150 years of racing at Blackall took place over the weekend, and it was all about the quality of the fashions. What a day. Uh, we heard Lachlan Miller talk about it earlier, but the, the, the patrons, the photos, and everything that went on was just a massive day for the Barkew Amateur Race Club and their 150th anniversary celebrations. It was historic. There's no two ways about it. And look, what a great story. Now, we talked about it many, many uh, months ago, just about how important this was, and the, the crowd was strong. It was a massive, massive day, and um, it was a huge race meeting for them. So well done to everybody who got involved. Um, and, and look, I can tell you, those kind of days just don't happen without the help and, and obviously um, the commitment of a committee, and the committee, they were very, very strong. The meat stock, um, it was massive. Um, now, we talked about meat stock in the past, but that was in Toowoomba. 
this was just one of the great, great weekends. Huge, huge crowd was on hand for meat stock. And I can tell you there was some real happy people going up there. Uh, so much to like about what went on. Um, it, it has been a huge success and um, you want to talk about something that, that, that they've built. This is the second year in a row meat stock has started and from now um, it has just become an absolute iconic event. So meat stock was a huge success and um, Casey Barnes was playing, um, you know, like there was a lot going on um, that you could like about meat stock and a lot of people involved. Uh, I was sad to see, and we, we, we will cover this, the end of an era. Um, Frank and Debbie Wast um, are going to sell uh, Walkabout Creek Hotel. And this was reported in the Country Life last year after 10 years of living um, in the shadow of Mick Dundee, the Walkabout Creek publicans um, are hoping for a, a, a tree change. Now, we've spoken to them before on this show. Um, they moved to McKinley in 2014 and they are selling the business. Uh, the business is on the market. No hotel broker wants to take it on. They're too small and isolated for any broker to worry about it, they say. I, I can tell you it's an iconic pub, the Walkabout Creek Hotel, and through anniversary celebrations, Mother's Day to Father's Day and, and very busy, it is a very, very, very busy pub. Um, when the season is in full swing, they offer a caravan park and up to 35 vans, single workers, dongers, lunch and dinner. The tourist trade is mainly through the middle of the year and it gets very, very busy. So they are for sale, the Walkabout Creek Hotel, which is uh, quite unbelievable and um, one that, you know, it was a very, very enjoyable and obviously a lot going on. Can I just quickly talk and, and – We'll, we'll get to it. The um, DDRU results over the course of the weekend, um, they they obviously um, got underway in round three and we spoke the other day um, to Sally Johnson, who's the new CEO of Downs Rugby. And just to give you an update of the weekend um, through the competition, we'll just give you A grade. Rangers, they defeated Condamine 20 points to 19, 20 points to 19. So... That game um, obviously had some real uh, spice about it and uh, that it looked at also um, Dolby defeated Toowoomba Bears, 36 points to 22. Windy defeated uh, Gatton, 45 points to 9. And unfortunately for Roma, they were beaten uh, 25-24. So USQ defeating Roma, 25-24. Gundawindi defeating uh, the Gatton Black Pigs, 45 to 9. Dolby defeating the Toowoomba Bears and Rangers defeating Condamine at the Fish Tank. And um, that gives everybody a bit of an idea of how the Ritson Cup is underway and going. In the NRL, um, gee whiz, it was a weekend of upsets, wasn't it? Um, But Brisbane looked very, very good. They sit abreast at the top of the competition now after seven wins. uh, Seven rounds have had six wins. They take on Parramatta in Darwin, which will obviously – um, kickstart a, a lot and um, that will obviously in time um, be, you know, a very, very important game and all, everybody's talking about just what a difficult run Brisbane have got. We do talk about how well Brisbane are going but you're probably right. Let's make and hold our judgment for the Broncos till after round 13. Their six-week stretch is really going to give us a gauge. So they take on Parramatta, last year's grand finalists in Darwin, 
on Friday night. Um, they then come back and they take on Souths uh, at home, Manly at home. They then take on Melbourne away, then the defending premiers at home, and then the Warriors uh, away. Now, that Warriors game, they'll be out without their origin players. So five teams are currently in the top eight who they are playing. I spoke to Kevin Walters on Saturday night about it and he wasn't one bit daunted about the the challenge ahead. He said our team is up for it and, and I actually think so. So it will be interesting to see what happens. They were trailing 14-6 at half time, and then with one minute to go, um, put a very, very uh, lucky, got a very, very lucky bounce and it was 14-10 and they went on with it. Um, they ended up really doing a job on the Titans and going from there. The Lions won, the Brisbane Lions won. The Firebirds, uh, and in Gabby Simpson's 150th, uh, they were beaten by two goals. And look, I know a lot of people following netball uh, have been concerned about it, but I can tell you it is not far away. They are not far away from having a victory. Um, they are rebuilding in the right way. Meninga Cup, and um, look, I tell you what, this um, Dolphins taking on Townsville in the under-18s competition that is going to be a very, very good grand final. So the 18 schoolboys side, um, it is now set and um, that, that, that one will be Townsville taking on um, a very, very strong Redcliffe side, Ipswich beaten. Um, but can I also just quickly, um, and, I'm, and I mean this honestly, um, Toowoomba had their first victory in the Host Plus Cup, which is quite unbelievable. Um, unfortunately... Uh, for me and for a lot of people, they beat Ipswich uh, and the Jets are still yet to open their account. But the first win um, in the history, um, which to me speaks volumes, the Western Clydesdales 44, the Ipswich Jets 28. Um, I'm really happy for everybody involved, really happy for everybody involved and it gives everybody um, a lot to like. Uh, they won their first game and they're doing something special out of Toowoomba and there's a pathway. The Capras in, out of Rockhampton, they are still leading the um, Host Plus Cup. They were very, very good. They sit at the top. They have won five from five and they're doing it very easily at the present moment. So well done to them as well. We're going to take a break, come back. This is Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Uh, C Deputy Chairman uh, Mick Keogh joins us this morning. Mick, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us on this Monday morning. Good morning. Um, a lot of concern, and, and there is a lot of concern, about the proposed sale of Suncorp's banking business to ANZ. Now, clearly, uh, when this was announced, there was some concerns, and the C has flagged doubts about the sale of this bank business to ANZ, and like is looking for some last-minute submissions from rural and agribusiness customers that will help make the call because there is a lot of uncertainty around this. There is. Um, it's one of the big fours um, buying one of the more significant second-tier banks. Yeah. And that really um, – we, we've had concerns for quite a long while that the big four banks – um, don't really compete very strongly. They they sort of almost agree to to share the market. Uh, to 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 put it very very broadly, you've been and, very diplomatic and say how you're going about that. But yeah, I, <laughs> well done. Yeah, I can understand and, that. Yeah, and a lot of the competition in the market has come from the second tier banks. So um, 
we know that uh, a number of um, second-tier banks, uh, including banks like Macquarie and Suncorp and uh, HSBC, Bendigo and Adelaide. And, yeah. uh, and so that's where a lot of the competition and innovation has come from. And so what we're interested in understanding is um, the extent to which one of the majors taking out one of those second-tier regional banks will impact on competition for banking. And the areas we've identified that are significant overlaps um, between ANZ and Suncorp are particularly in Queensland, uh, in small business and uh, small enterprise banking, and uh, particularly in agribusiness, where both have a reasonably significant uh, um, position. And Suncorp has obviously um, uh, put a lot of effort into its um, agribusiness banking. So, well, Suncorp, uh, the they, they built that. They built their they, they built their business up the back of regional Australia. Suncorp. There's no two yeah. ways about it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that ANZ don't have openly said that they haven't got an appetite for agribusiness. So there is a little bit of a conflict in that as well. But the fact is that they might not be – when you're talking about top four and, and, and then the, the next ones, Suncorp are very, very close. Um, I, I understand that they're not deemed as a, as a big four, but gee whiz, they're close. And so that is eating up the competition. So how do – people listening to us this morning, how, how do they go about – helping you get a better understanding of it. What's the process there? Okay, the process is that we have issued statements setting out our views and asking for submissions. We then received a round of submissions and set out what we call our statement of preliminary views. In other words, the, the, the sorts of issues we're specifically concerned about. And, and as I mentioned too, in particular, the small business banking and um, the agribusiness banking in Queensland. So what we're interested in understanding from customers of either bank is their uh, experiences and understanding of the extent to which Suncorp and ANZ compete and, uh, and, and interact with each other. Um, so in other words, do uh, customers of Suncorp uh, who get to a certain size or uh, who can't um, um, achieve success with Suncorp, switch to ANZ or vice versa? Do, um, do customers often get uh, competing quotes, for example, when they're thinking about their next banking move from those two banks? So really just trying to get to grips with exactly how those two banks compete um, because, of course, our role is to look at whether the transaction will result in a significant loss of competition and that really is where we're focused. Outside looking in, layman's terms, uh, it doesn't take rocket science to, to work out that it will be. Um, so do you have to prove that? It, uh, like, and I'm not being in any way disrespectful. It, it, do you have to have enough proof to to block this sale? Is that is that the is that the only reason why you ask for submissions? Because you could look at it and say, well, hang on, this is not great for the consumer because this just uh, eats up another bank and obviously the ANZ still continue to, to, to go on and it's just going to make it harder and harder. It's Look, we're a regulator, so we enforce the law. We don't make it. Um, the, the, the question we're asked is, will this be harmful for competition? And if it is, um, will the benefits that um, arrive from this transaction outweigh any detriment? So there's a, there's a two-pronged test we have to look at. Um, ANZ has 
indicated that um, it's prepared to uh, retain staff and branches. It's re- prepared to um, uh, make sure there's uh, a significant credit credit uh, available for um, Queensland uh, borrowers um, and and a couple of other concessions as part of it. So the sort of benefits that are being pro-offered as the um, the reason that this should be allowed to proceed, um, we have to look at those, but we also have to look at um, the deficits. In other words, the loss of competition, for example, between these two banks and potentially longer term, the um, reduction in the number of branches and, and perhaps even the number of staff. So it's, it's a very weighing up exercise. It's not um, one thing or the other. It's, it's, it's a combination of all those aspects. So when um, do you make that decision? Um, the decision is to be made, um, I haven't got the exact date in front of me, but I think it's in, in the middle of June. Somewhere, so we've got a bit of time, but um, the processes do take a bit of work. So um, it'll be a, you know, the, the sooner we can hear from any consumers or those who who wish to um, make a submission, the, the better. It's a massive responsibility, isn't it, Mick? Like you know what you undertake, um, because you know there's lives and there's livelihoods and you know it's not just as clear cut as oh this makes sense it it is a huge responsibility um as the ACCC and and having to enforce it like you think about the enormity of the decision that you make it it, it has effects on both sides regardless of the outcome it does it's uh and and I guess it's the, the bigger picture, um, which is, you know, the vitality of the economy and the extent to which there's good competition going that creates benefits for consumers and productivity. And then there's very much the localised picture, you know, what happens to the local staff members, what happens to the local bank branches um, that are affected by this. So it's 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 very complex and um, I guess that's why the process takes uh, a fair bit of time and resources, and we have to make sure we do it very thoroughly. Um, that's the only way we can um, hopefully land on the right decision as a result of this. Yeah, um, I really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, C Deputy Chair Mick Keogh um, joining us this morning, and, and this sale of Suncorp Banking to ANZ is now being flagged by the competition watchdog. Um, submissions are welcome until the 18th of April. Where do they go to find their submissions? Where would somebody uh, go if there? They just If they just go to ACCC.gov.au on the internet. Yep, um, and then follow will, it through. You'll see there there's um, links to where the submissions need to be made. Great to chat, mate. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again this year. We appreciate you giving me some time this morning. No problems at all. Thank you. Thank you. Mick Keogh, ACCC Chair. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Unemployment at a 50-year low, but job seekers are still being urged to avoid complacency. Townsville recruitment expert Clayton Cook joins us this morning. Clayton, good morning. Happy Monday, mate. Um, Look, there's no two ways about it. Um, With low unemployment at the moment, um, it's a fantastic thing, but there are still people looking for jobs and, and as an employer, there are so many businesses that can't find employers. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's uh, it's it's one of those funny things. You know, people, it, 
it, they'll hear about all of these um, job opportunities, and it is a very low unemployment rate, which it is, um, but some people are still having a, a difficult time finding work, unfortunately. So if you look at the, the largest city in northern Australia, which is Townsville, it's at a historic low at 2.2%. Why is that, and why has there been a trending down for so long off the back of um, a time that has been so uncertain for Aussies? Look, I think with Townsville in particular, um, we have had really quite negative or you know bad economic conditions for probably 2013 to 2018, 19. So I think we came off a pretty bad. Um, you know, we'd had the floods just before COVID, sort of the year before COVID as well, just as Townsville was sort of recovering with projects and things in the pipeline. Um, I think that, that that sort of helped Townsville because we were more resilient um, and because we are coming off a low base um, when COVID hit, whereas the rest of the country was coming off a a 10-year high yeah. uh, economically. So the, the the small impact, well, it wasn't a small impact, but the impact of um, uh, COVID really shocked the rest of the country, whereas we were sort of already there. Um, and I think there was a, a, an extra level of resilience. And, of course, because we've been in a pretty uh, uh, challenging economic environment for so long, there was a lot of... Um, I guess, uh, projects and government funding and different things that were in in motion uh, years before uh, COVID hit and they, they've come to fruition. And look, and look we, we, we've got the port here, we've got all of that infrastructure, um, you know, we've got a good industrial and manufacturing environment. Again, they were, they were challenged, but um, with COVID and the, um, you know, the commodity prices in mining, uh, particularly uh, metalliferous uh, out near Mount Isa sort of region, improving that has assisted Townsville to recover. It, it, it's a, it's an interesting situation, isn't it? Um, and I, I can say this when you look at it, the nation as low as the unemployment rate, and you, we are very much guided by what you talk about the ports and the minerals and the fly in, fly outs, and, and so many commodities that affect the jobs uh, here in Australia. And that's the, that's the worry, isn't it? Um, we see governments changing policy on what they do with their exports and, and with their mining. That has a massive effect and that can affect everything. But all this be it, every person I talk to, whether or not it's a cleaning business or whether or not it's a milk bar or whether or not it's a law firm, cannot get workers. Where have they gone? It's like since covid we lost a workforce, and I don't know whether or not it's that people have decided enough's enough, they're changing, but I understand that, you know, employment, but there is a lot of people who, a lot of businesses that just haven't got the employers anymore. Yeah, look, there's a few reasons for that, and, and one of those with COVID is that um, we, we didn't have the, the immigration um, for what two years? But yep. Over two years. Sure. So, 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 so Australia survived around. Um, well, I survive is the wrong word to say, but we we typically have over two hundred thousand uh, immigrants uh, to the nation every year. Um, you know, roughly in, in in the last say ten years, um, and that stopped. So let's let's just say that's two two and a half years. That's probably five six hundred thousand uh, minimum people that um, haven't been sort of injected into the, the, our economy, um, you know, new, fresh, fresh sort of people from overseas. Um, and look, on the flip side of that, we didn't have as many people, um, you know, leaving, leaving sure. the country as well, but we didn't have that influx. The other thing was uh, international students. Uh, you know, again, we're talking in the hundreds of thousands across across Australia. Uh, and in, in Townsville and Cairns alone, we're 
probably around the five to 10,000. So when you talk about a lot of the, the lower level jobs, and that's probably the wrong wording, but let's say base level jobs in hospitality, cleaning, labouring, that sort of thing, they do rely a lot on international students and also uh, international you know, people coming um, from overseas for, for those roles. So of course that talent pool um, you know, is the supply is is reduced significantly. So um, that's that's one part of it. Look, there's there's a whole bunch of other things. You know that that, that the economies improve, so therefore other industries um, and uh, sectors and, and types of jobs have had increased uh, demand. So that of course they have sort of taken up any additional supply. You know they had to get more flexible. Um, they they may not they may be more open to people without experience, and they've sucked up those people again that are in jobs that may may not be as um, attractive the right word, but you know, they yeah. may not be as popular. Um, and again, that makes it challenging for those, those organizations that are chasing those sort of people. Um, because the, the, the simple fact is that the supply isn't, isn't there. Uh, and the economy runs on supply and demand, like you talked about forward commodities and, you know, the government frustratingly changing their policies continually. But the, the, that's the sort of, um, the challenge is that without those, um, you know, and, and, and then it, it sort of, I guess it counts where where you are geographically um, to where the supply, you know, how you're going for supply. So if you're in, uh, let's say, uh, Mount Isa, um, you know, the supply of people is limited unless you can get more people into your um, into your geographic location. Um, you know, there's only so many people um, that can be accommodated uh, quickly uh, in a, in a um, particular city. And look, the, the really interesting one for Australia is, of course, the lack of housing, um, you know, almost across the board. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Can I ask you this? And mm. we're talking with Clayton Cook, Townsville Recruitment Expert. When people obviously are in jobs, there's one thing to be a little bit complacent because businesses are turning. You should keep resumes, LinkedIn profiles. You should have it updated. And and, and it's really interesting. I had a brother who rang me the other day and um, he was retrenched and he said, mate, I haven't, I haven't got a resume. I, I, he said, I haven't got anything. And I said, well, mate, you need to go and see somebody to get it done. And obviously, you know, a lot of people are in that position that, they get complacent. This is something that you can do as well from a proactive perspective to try and make sure that should something turn or, or the situation change, you're ready to snap straight away. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. The, the complacency is, you know, it's, it's bordering on people being lazy to a degree. When they hear people like, you know, the conversation we just had about the opportunities and the unemployment rate being at 50-year lows, all of those sort of things. A lot of people take that and, and just, you know, lock it in their head, oh, it'll be easy to find work. You know, it, yeah. it, it's, you don't have to do anything. Well, the point is that if you're having uh, difficulty or if you're in a particular um, field that, that uh, isn't experiencing the demand of other, other areas, as an example, you've still got to put in the effort. Um, you're still competing against other candidates, and those other candidates may be working currently. You know, that's one of the things that it, companies are experiencing, um, and they always do when the economy is better, is churn, you know, as in people turnover, turnover of staff. 
people <laughs> leaving yeah. for better opportunities or what they feel is a better opportunity, the grass is greener sort of mentality. And those people that are, that are working currently, they often have, you know, it's often easier for them to find um, work, but there's still competition. It's not a case of, you know, you're advertising and, and you're getting one applicant and you just go, oh, that's good. You're, thanks for, you know, thanks for ringing us up. Here's a job. Yeah. You've still got to put in, you've still got to put in effort. You know, yeah. there are still lots of people out there having a difficult time finding work. But then when you look at, it's not all the time, but when you look at what they're doing, and we experience this every single day in our office, people just aren't putting in the effort. They don't, um, because of they, they just think that it's this this incredibly easy process. You know, I'll, I'll, if I want a job, I'll just ask for it, and it's my right to have one because there's plenty of jobs out there. Well, they're going to have a difficult time because employers still want, Employees that have got a good attitude, good work ethic, you know, all of those sort of things, and they don't necessarily, um, you know, they, they won't accept um, people that are, that are at least uh, looking like they're putting in some effort. Yeah, listen, I, I think um, it's a great chat to have, and it's a good news story at the moment, but we shouldn't be complacent. Appreciate your time this morning. Clayton Cook, Townsville Recruitment Expert, thanks so much for being with us on this Monday morning. Thank you very much. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. Monday morning, the 17th of April. Uh, across rural Queensland today. I hope you've had a great weekend and an even better Monday and I hope that we've been able to kickstart your week in the right fashion. Ray Hadley is back and joins you next. Have a great day, Queensland. And remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We're back from 9am tomorrow morning and also you can get in contact with us through Facebook or also you can go onto our Instagram or any social media my email, once again, ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au or like us on the Facebook page and we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, stay safe on the roads. Till next time, from all the team here, it's bye for now.